that was really in sync and very loud. Um, harmonizing. Hello, Babylonians. Is it way too loud? Do we need to no, 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 we're good. It was just our hey. Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. And be sure to add our podcast, Bloody Babbles, in how did you hear about Podgo section of the application. Happy listening. Hello, Babylonians! I know a lot of you have been with us for a long time, even from the beginning, and we cannot say thank you enough. And I know a lot of you have been asking a lot lately, how do you make your own podcast? Well, it's simple. I use Anchor. Anchor Anchor.fm, which is the website, or there is an app, or you can go on your computer, whatever you want to do. It's the easiest way. Um, It is run through Spotify, so that is one of the first uh, platforms that you'll be able to distribute your podcast out onto, and there's lots of different, it'll stream to at least, I think, 10 different platforms, or more. um, I'm going to give you a quick rundown about how it works. Anchor lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer, so no matter where your setup is like, you can start creating today today and tell me what your podcast name is because you know I'm gonna listen then you can distribute your podcast to the most popular listening platforms including Spotify with a single tap anchor is also the place you can publish video podcasts to Spotify I know a lot of you have been asking for video don't worry I'm working on it with anchor creators can earn money yes yes you heard that right in a variety of ways including ads like this one and podcast subscriptions and best of all, Anchor is totally free. That's what sold me, even though it didn't have to sell me because it's free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Happy listening. I was like, yeah. Finger in the ear, other hand up. Ooh. Oh, and then there goes a the microphone falling over. So, hey guys, hello. Hey there, humans of the world and aliens, if you're listening to. Hi. We, Thanks, uh, we, we love you. You're welcome. Peace to, be with, uh, peace be with you. Me. I'm leaving. Bye. It's fine. Live long and prosper. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope everyone's having a fabulous week. Um, it's June. It's June. And it's hot. It's finally getting hot. It really is. And I'm not I'm not excited to be pregnant anymore. Nope. Nope. I keep not warning even, you. Not even one letter. <laughs> I got two days in and I'm like, fuck this weather. <laughs> We have a pool in our neighborhood that like a community and it doesn't cost with when you live so that's a convenience. Yes. For yeah. Sure. We went to the pool the other day and it was really nice and man did it feel good on my belly too because I feel like I'm carrying a nine hundred pound baby. I think I had my second person ask me at work today, Are you carrying twins? I'm like, No. 
No, I'm not. Just Bigfoot's baby. I have a um, little Sasquatch in here. His name's not Apollo anymore. Um, it's so funny because um, I don't think I talked about it much. Or if I did, I don't remember. I can barely remember this morning. Um, in his sonnet, I got a 3D sonogram for my birthday because we have a lady in um, our town that does them. And you can see he does have a little bit of hair. And she could see his eyelashes. Uh, so I just think that's the coolest freaking thing. Yes. And, oh, hi, Zoe. No, Zoe, Zoe ran away. My, went, my, dog went, my dog went partying and got arrested last night. <laughs> so she had to stay in doggy jail because I had to go get her shot records because they're not up to date. But I needed them so I could bring her home. Oh, man. So Ugh, mine aren't up to date either. Ooh, no. What an inconvenience. Yeah. So... Ooh. Luckily, they let you, as long as you have shot records of some sort, they'll let you come get your dog. What if you don't? Um, They're all, sorry, euthanasia? No. I'll be like, um, yeah, I'm going to see you in court, sir, Mm -hmm. if you're going to kill my dog. I don't really know. I wouldn't know the protocol for that. Um, Well, luckily you had them, so we don't have to. Yeah, well, I was able to go get them, and someone was at the vet clinic this morning, because today is Sunday, but this is Tuesday hitting your ear holes, but... Um, so she'll, Zoe will have had surgery on her unicorn. Yep, her or, unicorn knot is going to be removed tomorrow, Monday. So, I'll, Or for you guys, yesterday. Yesterday. <laughs> That's so funny. But um, yeah, because we're going to start uh, doubling up on some recordings here in the next few weeks because Shauna's got vacations going on. I've got um, a baby you know I'm going to have. I don't know if you guys knew I'm pregnant. <laughs> This is your first day here. Hi, I'm Nicole. I'm pregnant. Hello. Welcome. <laughs> and I'm her baby's daddy. <laughs> yes. And she's also my sister-in-law. So and that's... so I'm, I'm Auntie Daddy. She's Auntie Dad. Yes, for <laughs> sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but yeah, so uh, nothing really new in podcast world. Um, no new countries. No Wyoming. I'm just kind of just letting it go. Wyoming, y'all. It just, and I've even tried to see if I needed to update anything. And I've even reached out to Anchor and they're like, no, everything's good. Everything's working properly so <laughs> just just I'm just mom, Wyoming <laughs> just call your aunt in Wyoming and be like just push play you don't even have to listen yeah. push play walk away push play walk away and if you end up liking us great push play again <laughs> some of you probably an emotional wreck once we get Wyoming because I do believe it'll happen one day yes but I don't know that's what's going to send you into labor yes exactly <laughs> god bless it but um so yeah, nothing new or crazy going on in our lives. Just our little uh, babble here in the beginning. Um, the case today that we're going to talk about today is from our dude Nate on Twitter. Nate is great. Nate is great, and he's my favorite. There you go. Ah, slant rhyming. <laughs> but um, this won't be too terribly long. But that's okay because it's still as in a it'll lot. be way less than an hour. Yeah, we listen so, an hour. So this is the the episode you put on when you just want to drive to work. <laughs> there it is. So, oh. Oh, and also, as always, we're always going to, like we've said, we'll, we'll always this. Send Dawn some love. Just always, yes, always she's got love. surgery scheduled mm-hmm. in August, right? Yes. I don't know the date in August, but yes, I just saw she posted um, like a week, sometime last week. So she's got surgery coming up in August. So just so, positivize, keep healing. She's doing really well. She's really taking to the medicine. Everything that's going on inside her little boobies 
um, <laughs> is what needs to be happening in order for the surgery, obviously, to happen, which is why they're able to do the surgery. She's doing a double mastectomy. Um, she's uh, She doesn't have cancer in her left breast, but because she has little cysts there, she doesn't want to have to worry about feeling yep. any lumps and being concerned. So she said, I'm just going to do the double whammy. And then once I'm cancer-free for a while, if I decide to do reconstructive surgery and get me some new boobies, I'll get me some new boobies. But for if now, not, she may just love a, not having to wear yeah, a bra. You can get an amazing tattoo. I've seen some beautiful oh, artwork. Oh, yes, I've seen some gorgeous people tattoos. People have done. Yes. So anyway, just always sending, wanting to send her love, wanting to send her positive oh, energy and healing vibes. and good vibes. And just, she's just an amazing human being and we adore her. Yes, so. we love you, Dawn. Facts. Okay, we don't love this lady, though. No, fuck this lady. <laughs> her name. I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> so the lady we're talking about today, her name is Louise Pete. Okay. Um, she was born Lofi. Her first <laughs> Lofi wow. Louise Pressler in Bienville, Bienville, sure, Bienville. Oh God, Louisiana. Help, uh, Bienville <laughs> is the home. I'm gonna guess. How's it spelled? B I E N V I L L E. Bien. Goodville. Goodville. It's the Goodville. We're gonna call it Goodville. <laughs> but not doesn't produce good humans apparently. Oh. Okay. And then everybody in Louisiana is gonna come for me. Yeah. Um. So even before I even hey, tell the people in Wyoming to come too. Yeah, hey Louisiana, <laughs> be like, hey neighbor, come listen to these people talk shit about freaking Bienville because they don't know how to read. Gosh. Um. So before I even like when I got the notes for her, I didn't even know, but she was born September twentieth, eighteen eighty. Wow, eighteen hundreds. Yeah, eighteen hundreds, and that's also my mom's birthday. So, in eighteen eighty. Yes, my mom was born in eighteen eighty, <laughs> and she's still alive today, and she looks great. She does. She even has purple hair. I actually <laughs> saw a lady, so Kelly, um, at Dollar General today, and we took Ethan with us. Our my son, sorry, babble time, just recently had surgery on his left shoulder. Um. And there was more damage than originally assumed. Right shoulder. So the, the shoulder is... Yeah. Thank goodness we did it, because had we not and prolonged it, that shoulder would have eventually ter- deteriorated, and it just would have been, like, nothing. Holy yeah. shit, I didn't grossy, know gross, that. Grossy, grossy, gross, gross, Anywho's right. So this is the first time in just a few days that he, was, he decided, let's get out of the house, and he wanted to go to Dollar General with us. Point being, um, this is how I tell stories, guys. Um, <laughs> there was a lady in there... About your mom's height, about your mom's size, and your mom's hair color. <laughs> she goes, I walk in, and she goes, hi. And she's just a customer, and I almost said, hey, Cal. And then I double took, double looked, whatever yeah. the right wording is, and it definitely was not Kelly at all. <laughs> and Ethan just laughed at me because I'm like, I thought that was your grandma. And I looked at Vince, and I'm like, I thought that was your mom. And they both were like, you're out of your mind, but... She reminded uh, me of Kelly. That literally happened to... <laughs> Sorry, guys. We're just throwing the Louise to the side. No, I literally saw someone who looked like Phil at the casino. Because I walked up behind him. Same build, same like shape. And I'm like, what the fuck? You can't be gambling in here, bro. You're literally going to get me fired. Get out! Wasn't him. What? Saw him from the face. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. And he was also like seven inches too short. Like, he was closer to, like, my height. Not, okay. No, I was probably taller than he was. But, yeah, because my brother is 6'3". But, yeah. I was like, what the frick are you doing here, bro? That's hilarious. Okay, now that we've just battled off just because of this lady sharing a birthday with my mother. Mm -hmm. um, Her father was a super prominent and wealthy newspaper publisher. Mm. Um, 
uh, she would later say that she came from cultured, educated people. My parents were not delinquents and did not rear delinquent children. Well, they were wrong. Wow. So, hmm, you're a liar. Anyway, she attended... They pri- just produced lying killers. Yes. Okay. Or killer. I don't know if her other si- I don't know if she has other siblings. I no. guess we'll find out. Okay. Um, she attended a private school in New Orleans, but was expelled at the age of fifteen for stealing from her classmates and engaging in promiscuous behavior. Hey. Yeah, because you're not a delinquent. Okay. So in <laughs> in nineteen oh three, she married a traveling salesman, and his name was Henry Bosley. And he ended up uh, completing suicide four years later after discovering Pete in bed with another man because she's promiscuous. Like how you called her Pete in bed with another man. I just that made oh. me a little bit. Oh, yeah, because it uses the notes no, that I, I use. It. It's, totally it's her fine. last name. And regardless, whatever, but, but it just made me giggle a little bit. So after his death, um, she ended up relocating to Shreveport and worked as a high-class prostitute, stealing money. From her clients. Okay. Is she I'm, a pretty lady? I'm going to show you a picture. I would not. Well, I mean, this is early 1900s. She's not bad. Honestly, she... If I saw this woman on some poster or something, right, somewhere... Yeah. I would think... Yeah. She's an... I would think... She's not, like, hideous. No. I, I would... And I, I would honestly be like, well, she looks... She's got some sadness in her eyes. Like, I'd almost feel... Right. She needs I also dick. haven't heard this story, so but just based on this picture, yes. her prison picture, um, yep. or <laughs> her mugshot—that's the word I was looking for. I don't think she looks bad. I she's don't know. not. Yeah, she's not. Not completely. And there was but not she, a lot of makeup back then either. So yeah, she does. You're right. Was, she does definitely have sad eyes. You with the sad eyes. Sing it to my sister. Not gonna do it because we'll get sued. No, we won't because nobody listens. It's fine, especially <laughs> now Wyoming. I'm over it. It's fine. <laughs> so, so Sorry. 1903, she marries Henry. He, um, like I said, uh, commits suicide. 1911, she goes to Boston, Massachusetts. Nice. Bye, Massachusetts listener, mm-hmm. and I understand why. Cabs ahead. That was a terrible. I'm fine. <laughs> um, changed her name to Louise M. Gould. She then started claiming that she was a 19-year-old Dallas heiress named um, R.H. Rosley. Rosley? Sure. So she's, like, changing her identity. Mm-hmm. Um, as Rosley, I'm going to guess that's how you say it, okay. she claimed that um, she had been confined to a convent by her family and ran away. She, in, okay, in, uh, I'm going to just ingratiated, okay. <laughs> ingratiated, I don't know, ingrained herself in several wealthy Boston families with her beauty and charm. I wouldn't say beauty. Not hideous, but not like, oh my God, I would. I know, this is the early 1900s. Though, I know, so. that's true. With her beauty and charm and managed to convince one family to take her in, um, she proceeded to charge or, yeah, charged items to the family at some of the super expensive stores in Boston and stole money from their friends and employees. And then uh, eventually they figured out what her actual name was, her true identity. Police allowed her to leave town to to avoid embarrassing the family. So she basically just, like, get the hell out of town. You're embarrassing. Bye. Wow. So. You're a degenerate. Oh. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> I'm just, no, I'm not. Some of my parents... Had. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyways, so so she was in Boston. So then she later moves on to Waco, Texas, mm. where she becomes in 
where she becomes, becomes romantically involved with a wealthy oil baron named Joe Apple. Okay. Joe Apple. <laughs> Joe Mama. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know why that's up. Joe Apple. Um, when, uh, one week after they met, um, he ended up being found shot to death, and all of his diamond jewelry was missing. Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. She was arrested for his murder, but convinced a grand jury... I said murder weird, too. No, you didn't. Murder sounded fine. Murder convinced a grand jury that she killed him in self-defense because he attempted to rape her. So, that's she's like... She's got acting skills. She's got acting... Like. I mean, beauty and charm, and then self-defense... And then bustiers back then, so you you pop up that cleavage and shake them nipples. <laughs> All I can think of is nipple tassels. <laughs> yep. Oh, bye, Hot. Okay. <laughs> so that was in, um, I don't know when and that I'm was. And I'm sure back, well, that's interesting, too, because I would think then they wouldn't even have women probably on, in the jury. It was probably all men. All men. Yep. So, yeah. You, Which is interesting, considering what happens later on. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> so in 1913, she ends up moving to Dallas, Texas, and quickly uh, meets a dude named Harry, I'm going to guess, Farot, sure, um, and they got married super fast, like, boom, let's get married, let's do that, because that sounds like a good idea. Um, a night clerk who worked at the St. George Hotel, shortly after they're married, she ends up stealing two, $200, worth of jewels from the hotel's safe. Wow. Um, she, he was questioned, but he was cleared of any, cleared of any involvement. I'm, it's been a weekend. Um, police suspected that she was the one who had committed the theft and questioned her, but had no evidence linking her to the crime. Cause you gotta remember this early 1900s. It's hard to like, they literally have blood and evidence everywhere for like murder scenes. And they'd be like, Oh, yep. Someone died here. I mean, we collected it. And Thanks. we're not going to test it for, like, 70 more years. But how smart that's... of them to have kept it, though. I just, I, I really, that always is one thing that's always on my mind of, like, I love that you've got stuff from the 1980s. Granted, this is 1913, but whatever. Right. And they kept it, and then now we can do all this DNA, DNA testing. And not that this has anything to do with right now, but. Fact. But, but you know, we babble here. Battle. This is what we do. Um, embarrassed over being accused of theft and despondent over his wife's infidelities, supposedly he ends up shooting himself. However, it's that... Multiple just times? In the chest. <laughs> um, it seemed unlikely in that it was more likely that he was one of her victims before they realized she was... Because the first, the first guy did end up... Uh, he did commit suicide, but this one just didn't... It didn't add up correctly, but they couldn't disprove it. So that was 1913. Now it's 1915. She ends up... Okay, so she went from Waco, Texas to Dallas, Texas. And now she's in Denver, Colorado, where she ends up marrying a salesman named <laughs> Richard Pete. Dick Pete. <laughs> dick Dick. Dick Dick. Dick Pete. Um, and so they, she gets her last name again. Yeah, she like didn't take any... She ends up taking his last name because they... I feel Because that was her original last name. She was That's born. Her maiden name. No, Lofi Louise Pressler is what she was born. Well, I as. thought she was Pete because you said something about Pete was laying with. A, with they just they just head. identified her as Pete in these notes. Okay, I'm dumb, guys. Sorry, keep listening because I'm apparently not paying attention. We're fine. It's fine. So she ends up meeting um, Pete, <laughs> Dick Pete, <laughs> and they end up having a daughter. Her name is Frances Ann, and she was born in 1916. But they refer to her as Betty. Is what they called her. Hmm. 
I'm like, okay, I don't know how you get Betty from Francis, but I'm like, I could see Frankie, but whatever, whatever. It's irrelevant. It's not a, okay. So they, these, this couple, they were not a good time together. They fought all the time and they were together for four years and finally separated in the summer of 1920. Shortly after, um, she ditches out on her husband and her daughter and, uh, Louise moves to Los Angeles, California. Wow. Yeah, so she's like all over. She starts in Louisiana, then goes to Massachusetts, then to Texas, now to Colorado, now to California. Like this, she's just living, okay, living a rest she's life. Like a gypsy, just traveling, I know. man. Traveling and stealing and mm-hmm. wooing and whoring. It's all great. Mm-hmm. Um, That's not, not any gypsy listeners. That was nothing. I just meant the traveling. So yeah. Nicole, she was, she no, was, but no, I love gypsy people. <laughs> They're wonderful humans. But no. But, but yeah, she's just kind of got that lifestyle. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just do what I can to make ends meet. Per, yeah, yeah, gosh. Murder. It's fine. It's fine. Um, so um, it was there that she ends up meeting a guy named Jacob Denton. And he was a recent widower who had a teenage daughter who it, who made millions. Oh my God! I can't I stop burping. Millions in nineteen twenties. Sorry. As a mining en- engineer before retiring, so that mining life though. Well, yeah. Because I mean, you get that black lung. So. Did you miss being on a couch? <laughs> Sorry, Zoe just looks really cute right now. Um, okay, so, so Denton. Ends up meeting her, and when she inquired about renting his 14-room Tudor Revival mansion, super fancy, located at 675 South Catalina Street near near Wilshire, Wilshire, Boulevard, Wilshire, Wilshire. Either way. Uh, yep, there it is. Tomato, Um, tomato. So, he ends up hoping to rent. Oh my gosh. Denton hopes to rent out his home for about $350 a month while he was on a business trip in June. And for some reason that nobody knows why, he agreed to um, allow Louise to live there and rent his mansion for only $75 a month. Titties. That's <laughs> Louise's titties are a treat. <laughs> so she moves in on May 26th, a few days before he's going to leave because he's getting ready to go on this business trip. And uh, nobody knows the actual nature of their relationship. Um, some said she was his live-in girlfriend. Some said he was she was a housekeeper and a tenant. And despite the fact that she never signed a lease, and then she later on would claim that they were in, romantically involved. There's no doubt. So, that was May 26th. It is now June 2nd, which is not that far from what Tuesday will be, which will be the 8th. Um, a little over a week after Pete moves, or, yeah, Louise, sorry, moves into the mansion, he disappears. He's just like, poof, gone. Bye, Jacob. Um, see you later, home skillet. And shortly thereafter, you know, casually, she hires a gardener to transport a load of dirt into the basement, claiming she was going planning to grow mushrooms. Yep. She's going to grow them shrooms. She's not hiding a body. No. He's not even dead. <laughs> wink, wink. No judge. <laughs> I'm fine. So this that was June 2nd. On June 5th, Pete and... Or, yeah, I'm just going to say her last name. Forged his signature to withdraw $300 from his bank account and to gain access to his safety deposit box. She's wow, like, go so, dig Okay, so she forges it. I'm like, how? Never mind. I get it. Okay. So, but this bank... This, this is a good bank. Um... A bank official noticed that his Jacob's signature looked weird, 
and uh, she claimed that his right arm had been amputated after he got shot by an angry, quote, mysterious Spanish-looking woman with whom he had gotten into an argument. Why she got to be Spanish? Like, why Why does she... I wish she would have just said, like, a gorilla or something. Like, but it's like, this mysterious Spanish woman shot my boyfriend and we had to cut his well, arm maybe off. Maybe she felt, if I give more detail, it sounds more It sounds real. more... I don't yeah, know. that's just... Don't be... Don't bring race into... You're nasty. Well, come Fucking, on. Hello. I know. <laughs> I was just listening to another thing, another podcast on my way home from work today about a race issue about the episode they covered and just maybe i'm still heated from that but <laughs> correct no i'm i feel you it yeah need a bit, like but yeah just to make it sound more authentic mm-hmm. or whatever so she claimed the signature looked unusual because she had to help jacob write the check and sign his name with his left hand as he was predominantly right-handed she later um went back on this story and told several different versions, including one where the mysterious woman cut his arm and leg off with a sword. Wow. So she went from mysterious Spanish woman to a frickin' uh, oh gosh, what are they called? Samurai princess. There you go. <laughs> well, I mean, claiming that... And not just an arm and a leg, too. Yeah, and his leg, too, all of a sudden. His leg's gone. Mm-hmm. Claiming that Jacob was in seclusion as he was ashamed by his amputated arm and would only see and speak to Louise and Louise only. And only wants mushrooms, too. And, and yeah, with the suspicious <laughs> dirt in the basement, because that's not... Nor- okay, it's fine. I'm fine. Um, in the weeks that followed, Denton's friends, business uh, associates, and neighbors began asking Louise uh, where he was because they're like, uh, we know he was going on this business trip, but it wasn't supposed to be this long. But, of course, she knows how to spin her stories in explaining why he's gone. And saying, up them titties. Yep. Sorry. <laughs> We're all about the tits today. Um, a story that... I did get a new bra, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, she said that he was on an extended business trip in various locations and would return shortly. Meanwhile, she began posing as his wife. She spent his money, was driving his Cadillac, mm. pawned his jewelry and possessions, and rented rooms in his mansion and pocketed the rent money. So she's literally living her best life mm-hmm. while we don't even know what's happened to him. Okay. And growing mushrooms in the basement. Yeah. Casual. Just be casual. <laughs> it's just shrooms. It's fine. Maybe the the little butt shrooms that you tagged me or shared on Facebook the other day. (laughs) Okay. So, um, Louise also convinced the tenants, um, of the people who were renting rooms from his, or convinced tenants of uh, Jacob's rental properties because he had rental properties in Phoenix, Arizona to make their rent checks in her name. In August, she ended up buying really... Two really expensive dresses at Bullock's department store in Jacob's name. Um, Still claiming to be his wife. What's wrong with Bullock's? Do you know what that is? No, I just... Oh, just her her actions. Right. Yeah, nasty freaking thunder cunt. Anyways, around this time, um, Jacob's teenage daughter ended up hiring an attorney in an effort to find her father. The attorney questioned Louise, who claimed she didn't know where he was, but agreed to forward his financial and business documents as soon as possible. No, no, she's not going to do that. The following month, she rents out the mansion and returns to her estranged husband and daughter in Denver. So she goes back to uh, Richard Dick Pete, so the name that she has, and then Francis. So, which or her daughter that they call Betty. So, with her out of the house, uh, Jacob's daughter was finally able to have the premises searched. Searched? Searched. I'm fine. 
searched. And on September 23rd, wow, I was going to say, I'm fine. A private detective hired by the attorney searched the home and found Denton's decomposing body buried in the basement in a wooden cubicle under the stairs. An autopsy determined that he had been shot in the head and strangled. His body was found in numerous cords and wrapped in a quilt. Okay. So, that was what the shrooms in the basement were. <laughs> no. Ah. Surprise! <laughs> so, the police track her down in Denver and question her about his uh, Jacob's murder. She maintained that she was not involved, but offered different scenarios to explain his death. Um, Louise claimed that the unidentified mysterious Spanish woman, who was purportedly, <laughs> who had purportedly shot... Uh, Jacob in the arm causing him to be amputated was his actual killer. This theory was really, it was dismissed like almost instantly as his body was found with his right arm still attached no shots to it (laughs) despite her claim that um, Denton was in hiding because he was embarrassed about his missing arm. Then she ends up claiming that the body was not him but that of a double (laughs) who Jacob had killed. So then now, oh my god, what a web she is spinning. Um, So she was brought back to L.A. and was indicted on one charge of first-degree murder, and her trial began in January 21st, 1921. So this is all literally like a matter of months. She's how the Roaring Twenties started. She is the Roaring Twenty. (laughs) Just straight up all by herself, like wild and like, holy crap that's just mm. that's just like she was not she's like boom 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 living her best fabulous oh, life man. posing as his wife um but her no fucks given man. no like Jeez. she just wanted that money money with her titties up on yeah, the counter like chi chi's up <laughs> it's off some shit well i don't remember which one but anyways um so her trial was extensively followed by newspapers because shit why wouldn't it be especially because it's Women killers, Mm -hmm. which is what I know. That's the one thing that Nate always suggests to us, which I really kind of love. Um, because it's just, it's fascinating. These ladies like bananas. Um, okay. Yeah. She was followed world or nationwide covered by the Hearst newspapers known for their sensationalized reports and yellow journalism, um, was especially intense. Thousands of spectators lined up to watch her walk into the hall of justice. So, that started January 21st. On February 17th, 1921, she was convicted and sentenced to life imprisonment. Throughout her trial and during the first two years of her sentence, her husband, Richard, remained steadfastly loyal and continued to believe she was innocent. Oh, Dick, you're sweet. Oh, sweet Dick. Oh, sweet Dick. In 1923, she told Richard that he should divorce her so she he'd be free to remarry. Oh, now you're selfless. You freaking whore. Anyways, um, he obliged but vowed that he would wait forever for her release. <gasps> she, she didn't deserve that. Well, no, Dick. You give that dick mm-hmm. to somebody else yes, with better titties. Yes. Okay. Um, soon after the divorce was finalized, she stopped answering his letters and refused to see him. Well, she did. didn't kill him. She just crushed his soul. Yeah, she killed him without killing him, even right. though he's still alive. But anyways, I mean, well, not now, because this was a long time ago. Whatever. She just, oh, freaking, oh, okay, despondent over her rejection, he ends up shooting himself in an Arizona hotel room in 1924. Gosh. So, their daughter was only, she was only, oh, she wasn't even, okay, so ni- she was born in 1916. So, her daughter was, their daughter was only eight. So, her dad's gone, and her mom's in jail. God bless it. And then, This guy um, had... No 
self worth. No, sorry. like I just especially because she was so promiscuous and right. just like it's sleeping fine. around with everyone, and he's just he just un. She didn't deserve you. I but, hope you're resting peacefully, and I sir. Hope their daughter is okay. It's okay. Yeah. I'm not sure. Jeez. Okay. Anyways, so Louise ended up saying, "Lady, that her ex later said her ex husband killed himself because he felt guilty over her conviction and was despondent over his own poor health." No, you broke his fucking soul. That's what you did. You killed him without having to pull the trigger. You yep. stupid fuck. Yep. Anyways, uh, I'm fine, guys. I'm fine. No, I'm not mad. I'm not mad. Fucking whore. <laughs> Anyways, um, so. She ends up being imprisoned at the San Quentin State Prison before being transferred to the California Institution for Women in Tahachapi. Yep. You're from California. You should be able to know who Tahachapi is. Tahachapi. <laughs> they're going to be like, um, there goes all our California listeners, which is like a majority of our listeners from the States. Um, she was a model prisoner working as a dental assistant. Ooh, no. Uh, maintaining the prison's flower garden and writing for the prison newspaper. She ended up serving 18 years and was paroled for good behavior in 1939. Hello. So, okay. Mm. So, all right. So, okay. I need to... St I'm fine. She was released into the custody of Jessie Marcy, who was a woman who had lobbied for her release and began working as her live-in housekeeper. Jessie, who hurt you? Um, she, I think this bitch is going to. <laughs> well, she ends up dying shortly after, but it was said it was of natural causes. Mm -hmm. So then Louise ends up moving in with her probation officer, whose name was Emily Latham, and acted as her nurse and housekeeper. Latham died of a heart attack in 1943. All these people are dying around her. Yeah, it's not natural, don't, peeps. It's not... I don't feel like they were natural causes no. or a heart attack, well, but I, mean, I can't and, prove anything. And getting some of this nursing stuff and dental stuff, we yeah, got a hold of some, some uh, anesthesia or whatever. Yeah, some, some, and you give them a little bit more than needed, and so uh, neither of those ladies' deaths were investigated at length, as police weren't aware that uh, Louise was the subject of a previously publicized murder case or was out on parole. So shortly oh, after no, her no. release, she ended up changing her name to Anna Lee, which is like Annalie, because I feel like that's more <laughs> appropriate. And I've met some wonderful people named Anna Lee before, but she doesn't deserve to but have such a pretty name. it's not this person. No, so. she should have just been Annalie. Annalie Gidge. Annalie Gidge. Hopefully that's what she's getting every day, because obviously she's dead now, because she was born in 1880. So after Latham's desk, desk, mm -hmm. yep. Oh my god. Death. She ended up moving in with Arthur Logan and his wife Margaret, who were How an elf. She goes and sees her fucking daughter. Yeah. I you would think. Slick trash can. Fuck yep. You. Um, they were an elderly couple who lived in the Pacific Palisades. Pete had struck up a friendship with Margaret, uh, who was a retired social worker, while she was in prison. So Margaret believed that Louise was innocent and had also lobbied for her release. The Logans had also cared for her daughter while she was in prison. Mm, okay. So Louise worked for the couple as a live-in housekeeper and was a nurse to Arthur because he was um, suffering from uh, uh, age-related dementia and had been declared mentally incompetent. Aww. Around this time, on May 2nd, 1944, um, Louise ends up marrying a banker whose name was Lee Borden Judson. She didn't disclose to him that she had been previously imprisoned for murder of her, you know, husband. Or, yeah. Is that who she 
Oh my no, God. it no, was no. not her husband. Her husband killed himself. Yeah. It was the billionaire or millionaire boy. That she guy. just opposed as... Yeah. Okay, posed, yeah. Posed, she pretended he was poser. her husband. Fucking poser. Poser, stupid whore cunt, slut fucking bitch. Okay, I'm fine. Um, soon after she began working for the Logans, she started telling neighbors that Arthur had fits of rage and physically attacked her and Margaret on several occasions, which that may not even be that far-fetched because I know with sometimes dementia, with yes. dementia patients, mm-hmm. they can get... Violent. Um, on or is June, she plotting for yeah. what she's going to do? Yep. On June first, nineteen forty-four, Margaret d- Margaret disappears. No. Oh, okay. And well. then three days later, Arthur ends up being committed to Patton State Hospital by Louise, who claimed to be his foster sister. What a freaking web! When neighbors began asking about Margaret's whereabouts, she claimed that Arthur had attacked his wife in a frenzy and bitten her nose so severely that she was left disfigured. What what story she spins first of Jacob the guy she murdered getting shot by a Spanish woman and then her, his arm gets cut off in his leg and now this lady's nose was bitten off so when um her Louise's current husband Mr. Judson started questioning about Margaret's whereabouts she reiterated that Arthur had attacked her and that Margaret Margaret went into seclusion to undergo plastic surgery to fix her bit off nose, quote, unquote, whatever. Um, for the next six months, uh, they and her and her husband continued to live in the Logan's home. As she had with Jacob, he, she started spending the Logan's money and forging their name on checks. On December 6th, 1944, Arthur ended up dying while he was com- still committed in the state hospital, and she Louise don- ended up donating his body to science. So, all right. That's fine. How I does mean, she have that ability? Because, I don't know, they... So 1940s. So I guess the nurse living Well, she's his foster sister, oh, is what she yeah, said when she right. committed since, him. Since so. I can't get a hold of his wife. Yeah, since wife is mm. incognito or, you know, probably not alive. Um, shortly after his death, employees at the Logan's Bank detected one of the forgeries that Louise had made and called the police. While investigating the forgery, they ended up searching the home where uh, Louise and her husband were still living, which was the Logan's home. And on de- December 20th, so that'd be two weeks exactly after Pete, or Arthur had passed away in the state hospital, um, uh, six months after Margaret disappeared, they found her decomposing body buried in a shallow grave under an avocado tree in the backyard. She was once again arrested, Louise, and charged with murder a few hours after the discovery. Um, during the questioning, Louise said, claimed that Margaret had was bludgeoned and shot by her husband during a homicidal frenzy. Mm-hmm. She admitted that she buried her, but denied killing her. She said she did not report the murder because she feared she'd be bl- blamed due to her previous conviction. Okay, I'm like, that's actually kind of smart-ish <laughs> on her end. Just to spin that, oh, he's he's crazy, and oh my god, they're going to think I killed her again. Oh my god. So that's not, like, entirely stupid on her part, but, like, nah, you would kill it. <laughs> so an autopsy determined, so, okay, he, she said bludgeoned to death in a homicidal frenzy, and then shot, okay, they did say shot by her husband, and uh, an autopsy determined that Margaret had been shot in the back of the neck and has sustained a skull fracture, which, so that would actually add up with her story so to speak Mm -hmm. so 
Her husband, uh, Judson, was also arrested and charged with the murder. The couple both maintained their innocence. On January 11, 1945, the murder charge against Judson was dropped due to insufficient evidence, and he was released. Because I really don't think he knew. Um, Facts, yeah. Uh, the following... Oh, my gosh. The following day, he ends up jumping to his death from the ninth floor of the Spring Arcade, which is an office building in, the, in Los Angeles. How awful. Wow. Upon learning that... Her husband died. Louise wept and told reporters, I'm to blame for that. He couldn't face disgrace. As long as I was associated with him, he was a marked man. You should have thought about that before, you know, ruining another person's life. 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 I'm fine. So, her third murder trial began in Los Angeles on April 23rd. Huh. Oh, yeah, because she got... She got... uh, the first one was swept aside because they said she was killed him in self-defense. Yeah. Okay, I was like, wait a minute. What did I miss? <laughs> but anyways, um, so the third one begins in Los Angeles on April 23rd, 1945. Prosecutors theorized that um, Louise had killed Margaret Logan to gain control of her finances. Mm-hmm. They alleged that she killed her after the two had an argument about a $200 check that Louise had forged in Logan's name. On May 31st, a jury found Louise... Pete guilty of first degree murder and sentenced her to death. Death to you. Death to your dishonor to your cow. Um, Anyways, while her sentence was being read, she sat in the courtroom reading The Importance of Living, which was a Chinese philosophy book by Lin Yutang. She briefly looked up to make a mocking facial expression to the prosecutor and then resumed reading. What a freaking freaking psychopath. My goodness. In the years following her conviction, she continued to maintain her innocence, because, duh, of course she did. After several failed appeals, she was executed in the gas chamber at San Quentin State Prison on April 11, 1947. She's the second woman in California history to be executed by the state, and she is interred at the Angeles Rosedale Cemetery in Los Angeles. Um, Her story was... um, as they say, dramatized in the series Deadly Women. It was called To Love and to Murder, originally aired August 24th, 2011. Oh, wow. But, yeah. I should find that and watch it. I know. There's, well, that's, and that's where Nate gets these stories from. He's like, I watch Deadly Women, so I just write down their names when I send them to you to what? cover. So I'm like, heck, yeah. Um, her f- murder spree was also in a Dragnet radio episode. It's called The Big Thank You, which originally m- aired March 9th, 1950. And you, it, um, if you go on uh, the Wikipedia page, um, you can actually find that and listen to that episode. So that'd be kind of cool to listen to something from 1950s, especially since it wasn't that long after she passed away, or she was um, killed, or whatever, executed. Wow. So yeah. That was Louise Pete, wildin', living her best life. Wow. Sixty-six yeah. years old when she ended up dying, was well, uh, being executed. So wow, that was cool. That was it. Wasn't cool. I don't know. That was interesting. interesting. Yeah, just she just her the way she I would don't just give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. I'm gonna give you all these random stories, and I'm innocent. I'm innocent. I'm wondering, like, I wonder. 
Because I know when people are executed, I always wonder what wonder what her last words would have been. If there were anything. Yeah, if there if she did say anything. Especially with her little mockery of reading the book and rolling her eyes or whatever. Or making um, a facial expression at their, um, oh my gosh, at her, at her sentencing. Mm-hmm. So, huh. Well, I guess it wasn't too short of an episode. I thought it was going to be like way shorter, but no, we babbled quite a bit. We are babblers. Babylonians. So I hope you guys... Enjoyed Enjoy that, ca- yeah, that, that case. Not a code. That case with my weird mouth words. I don't know what's going on with me. Mercury is still in retrograde, so I'm going to go with that. Okay. Um, um, social media, you guys can find us anywhere. Uh, Bloody Babbles Podcast, Instagram, Facebook, Bloody Babbles on Twitter. Shoot us an email, uh, bloodybabblespodcast at gmail.com. Our intro sound is Fantasy and World Music by the Fighters on YouTubeage. Um, if you guys have your own personal stories, um, go ahead and shoot them our way because eventually we, we want to start doing those kind of little buddy babbles. Yes. Yeah. Cause those, we got a lot of excitement out of that one and it was a lot of fun to read is nice to do or hear just like personal encounters, mm-hmm. like yes. so freaking cool. And I know my dad, I think he has some stories he wanted to share with me too. So I'm like, we need to sit down so I can like type them. <laughs> But we'll hit record on your phone. Yeah, or hit, yeah, exactly. Um, or maybe we'll just have them come in for an episode and be like, share it as your share stories. We'll just, uh, or maybe not. We don't really know. Sometimes we'll just surprise you with guests when they just show up. <laughs> like, yeah, like that was so much fun having her on here, though, that especially really for that episode. And she's like, oh, we could FaceTime in for another one. I'm like, Hell. Do it. Yes. So that may happen too. Yeah, There's a lot of people. It may happen when I'm gone. Nicole may be like, yeah, yeah I know. Fuck this. I'll be like, screw I'm you, sister, leaving me alone. Well, it's pregnant I'm and emotional. I'm going to see my daddy and my cousin, though. It's it is. Grand. Yes, it's going to be awesome. Mm. Hopefully, I don't like going to early labor or something. That would be yeah. terrible. Yes. I'm so paranoid about that. <laughs> Especially because how big I am. <laughs> like, I've sat here and I'm like, ah, oh, I'm definitely bigger than I was with Arlo. And I can already kind of feel that because of, uh, like, Things you I want to disclose. Baby than Zabri? If I have a bigger baby than Zabri, I will never have another child again. Well, okay. I'm gonna ask them to take out my uterus. You could be like, take you know. it all out. Take it all out. <laughs> no, you're not, because you want another one. I might not. Okay. Well, you'll re- you'll you won't remember the pain once it's over. You won't remember. This it. has been a really difficult pregnancy, though. <laughs> <laughs> he has not given me a walk in the park, but. Uh, but he's growing and he's healthy and I feel, I mean, I'm miserable, but I am, I feel good though too at the same and time. she's glowing, so it's pretty cute. Yeah, it's just sweat because it's summer. <laughs> okay, she's really sweaty, guys. It's really sweaty. That is my pregnancy glow. <laughs> but, all right, beautiful Babylonians, until next week. Babylon! Welcome to my true crime podcast, Stolen From Me. Every week we will cover a different case, from the notorious Ian Huntley to the gruesome Ed Gain. You can follow me for more episodes and news on my Twitter page, at Stolen From Me Pod. I got into true crime from an early age. I was around eight years old at the time, and at school we had to write to someone famous. Everybody decided to write to the Queen, but I didn't want to do that. So I decided I was going to write to the Cray Twins. This didn't go down well, but it did escalate in my fascination of true crime. Thank you for being a part of my podcast. Please leave a five-star review, like and subscribe. And see you in the next episode.